Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Mornings with Matt White. Right here on SEN. Call Matt anytime. 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Good morning, everybody. Here we go again for the 1st of February. We've made it this far with Joel and Fletch doing breakfast. So we've made it halfway through the week and we're still on air after they've been on air for three hours. That's extraordinary. And we've made it to the second month of 2023. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney, wherever you're tuning in via the SEN app. It's going to be warm today, 28 degrees out there, nice and sunny and 30 for our west, Um, perhaps with the chance of a shower again a little bit later on this afternoon so that summer weather system is certainly rolling through like it used to. The southerly busters at the end of the day. Some NRL news around. Well, there's plenty as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. We're now 29 days away until the start of the 2023 Premiership. And you've got a feel for the Sharks and especially Kay Dykes out for the season, possibly more than likely after suffering a suspected ACL tear on his 21st birthday. Sometimes the footy gods just don't want to play ball. It's uh, happened at pre-season training camp down there in Wollongong. Came within 24 hours of the Sharks releasing officially Lockie Miller to Newcastle. And we spoke about this yesterday. So that deal was finally done with a player swap. Miller goes off to Newcastle to play in the number one jersey. Within 24 hours, Dykes does his ACL and removes him from the possible number one position at the Sharks. They will now have to rely on Will Kennedy to be fully fit for the entire season and then take a look around. Do you think that impacts their chances in 2023? Let me know your thoughts around that, but hopefully it's a quick recovery for Kay Dykes as much as it can be. The CBA negotiations. Now, we had a good look at these yesterday and they're now in full swing. So the publicity machine has already been fired on both sides and the NRL had their big say through Andrew Abdo yesterday. Now we're down to the nitty-gritty. We're down to three days of talks between the NRL CEO and the RLPA CEO. So Andrew Abdo and Clint Newton. It's time to get everything on the table. We've been asking the question over and over and over, what happens next and how does this end? Well, possibly it ends in the next three days. And you'd hope so. Because let's go back to the very start of what I said, 29 days away until the start of the Premiership proper. You said to me yesterday on mass via our text message machine and on the line as well, you're sick of it. You're absolutely sick of it. Most, I think, are in favour of what the players are trying to do. However, I would suggest that most people don't really know exactly what the players are asking for because the message has been so muddled up. Well, now the message just sits at the table. And this is where the negotiation has to move on and move on quickly because time's running out. Meanwhile, both parties have moved to clarify reports around the pregnancy policy for our NRLW players. And this is something we'll take a deeper look at 
as these negotiations take place because there's been a lot of misinformation around out there. And that's partly the reason why, at the moment, I've stayed away from this one. Now, we've spoken about it, but do we know the details around it? No, we don't. Is there misinformation? It appears so. Are we going to listen to social media? Not really. We'll have a look at it, but once we know all the facts as much as we can get, then we can dig into it. But the NRL has said, look, reports that are circling around social media are misleading. The report claimed the NRL had rejected a proposal for a pregnancy policy, rejected it outright, as well as a denial of private health insurance for the game's female players. Massive, massive points that will be on the table in these negotiations around the women's game. There's just no other way to look at it. This is a critical part of what's being discussed over the next three days, and there's a whole heap that lies beneath that, including the pregnancy policy. And until we know the details, until we know them, well, then we're going to stay away from that. Until then, then we can dig into it. But if you know something around that or you think you know something around that, you can certainly have your say. 0457 736 736. Did you see the coaches poll in the News Limited papers this morning in the Daily Telly? Uh, a couple of things that grabbed my eye. On a scale of one to five, one being very bad, five being very good, 50% of coaches reckon that the NRL's handling of the talks over the salary cap rate one to five. Half of the coaches in the game say that it is very bad. And then 0% of coaches say that it's very good. So that'll give you an idea of what those in charge think about the current talks that are going on. The biggest issue in the game, according to the coaches, well, I don't think there's any surprise there. More than half said concussion. And again, that will be forefront when we get into rugby league. So a fair bit of news in NRL as we get closer and closer to the season. You can have your say on that. And guess what, folks? The Eddie Jones show's arrived. It's here in rugby union. We are on like Donkey Kong, and it's going to last for the next five years. So hold on to your hats, saddle up, and buckle up. Because I told you as soon as this was announced that the game's about to change. His first official press conference as Wallabies coach held at Matraville Sports High. Alongside, beautiful photo opportunity, his old classmates, and isn't it great to see Gary Glenn and Mark Heller there. Smart stuff. Tapping in to old classmates, but Wallabies legends. The first time we officially see Eddie Jones, we go back to the glory days. He knows how to sell what he wants you to buy. This guy sells the vision, but it's more important that he knows how to sell what he wants you to buy. He wants you to buy into the Wallabies. So make no mistake, the Eddie show is here and it's a very simple strategy. The only thing that matters now is, is what we do together on each day and how we can get better. That's the only thing that matters, how we can get better. And we want pride back in Australian rugby. You know, as we said, we've been through a tough period. We want pride back. That's the most important thing, mate. What does Eddie want you to buy? Pride in Australian rugby, not pride in the jumper. Key point. How many times have you heard we need pride in the jumper? Do you reckon Michael Hooper, do you reckon all of the other players have ever walked out and not had pride in their jumper? No way. There's always pride in the jumper. But pride in the game of rugby in this country, pride in the Wallabies, well, there's step number one. That's Eddie selling what he wants you to buy and what he wants everyone to buy into, pride in the game. And he also knows how to throw a curveball in to keep it interesting. 
And he knows that the focus on the Wallabies winning percentage under previous coach Dave Rennie in the 30s is the elephant in the room. So how do you address that? Well, if you're Eddie Jones, you throw a curveball into the mix and you do it in a classic Eddie way, referencing the Springboks, but also throwing a little bit of, little bit of magic dust on this as well. Just look at the, the Springboks in 2018. 2016, 2017, 2018, the Springboks had a winning record of under 30%. Russi Erasmus comes in, um, sets a light tick-tock, and the team changes, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know whether tick-tock changed them or, or Russi changed them, or Russi on tick-tock changed them. Um, but he changed the team, and they immediately went from a team that was probably the weakest of the three in, or one of the weakest in the rugby championship to World Cup champions. He knows how to sell what he wants you to buy. It was getting confusing for a second there, but then you couldn't help but laugh. TikTok threw the curveball into it, but the message is really simple. You know what? You've got a team that's winning at 30%. They can win the World Cup. We are winning at 30%. We can win the World Cup. Have you missed Eddie? You know, it's been 18 years since he's been in charge of the Wallabies. He's been out and about, but have you missed him? Which leads us to our Wednesday takeaway. What would you miss or what wouldn't you miss if it was taken away from sport? So we're going to throw this out to you this morning and I want you to have your say. 0457 736 736. Let's go through a couple of sports and a couple of things. And I want to ask you the question, would you miss these? So NRL, would you miss the bunker if it was gone? If the NRL woke up today and said, we're not doing the bunker this year, would you miss it? We'd miss it because you wouldn't be blowing up as much as you do on a Monday morning and it'd make our three hours really hard. Would you miss the bunker? Would you miss scrums? If they just got rid of scrums, would you go, gee, I miss scrums. You know, back in the days when they used to push and they used to rake and they used to mean something. But if we got rid of them now, would you miss them? Let me know your thoughts about that. What about the inevitable talk of the Queensland state of origin spirit that only lives in Queensland? If that talk went away, would you miss it? Let me know your thoughts. Tommy's got some. Alex is with us this morning. He's got some. Cricket. Here's one. Would you miss the bucket hats at BBL? I wouldn't. I would not miss. I think it's a great marketing ploy. I think it's one of the great marketing exercises of all time. And whoever came up with it at KFC, bucket hats off to you. But I wouldn't miss them if they weren't there, especially walking in and seeing adults with a bucket on their head. I, I just, I don't get it. Would you miss the SCG test if it was moved away from January because of the rain? Of course we would. Of course, we, would the rest of the country? Don't think so. In tennis, would you miss Nick Kyrgios if he retired today? So if we have breaking news that Kyrgios retires, which by the way hasn't happened, would you miss it? Would you miss the Kyrgios show? Do you already miss lines, people? They've been taken out because of COVID and we've now got automatic outs, bolts, the lot. So do you miss them? What about golf? Would you miss Patrick Reed if he wasn't on the tour? Pick a tour, any tour. Would you miss a get in the hole? I mean, there's so much stuff that you would or wouldn't miss. Let me know your thoughts around that. 0457 736 736 is the text line. So the Wednesday takeaway, what wouldn't you miss if it was taken away from your world of sport? Or you can give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Coming up on the show this morning from the Brisbane Heat, so we're getting ready for tomorrow night's 
Uh, final knockout to decide who plays the Perth Scorchers. The Brisbane Heat's Jimmy Pearson will join us next and we'll also catch up with Sydney Sixers assistant coach Cameron White. So a big program coming your way. It's just gone quarter past nine. Jimmy Pearson from the Heat after this. And that text line is busy this morning on on what you wouldn't miss on our Wednesday takeaway. So we're taking away something from you on this Wednesday morning in the world of sport. The question is, would you miss it? And we've thrown quite a few out there. Let me know your thoughts on that. 0457 736 736. We cannot miss this tomorrow night. Quarter past seven uh, is the start time at the SCG for the Challenger. So the right to play in the BBL final. It's the Sydney Sixers hosting the Brisbane Heat who will be on their way soon. And I'm pleased to say that Jimmy Pearson from the Heat is on the line. G'day, Jimmy. Morning, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, what's the travel scenario? Are you ready to fly? Yeah, we're uh, actually I'm in the car with Mick Nasser on the way to the airport now. So we're, uh, we've come home for a couple of days to try and see our wives and families again and, and refresh and uh, back on the road now to try and uh, get into a final and hopefully bring home a flag. We've done a few interviews, Jimmy, where, you know, you guys have either been on the bus or in the car and most of our guests have managed to get through. So are you, are you planning to cop a bit of an ear battering from the bloke who's sitting alongside you here or are we going to get through okay? Should be fine. We're all good. Yeah, it's a busy time of year, so no, we'll be right. Come on, mate. He's not trying hard enough. Listen, um, you get to this stage. Obviously, uh, you finish in fifth position, and and here you are. You're just one win away from making the final. So, the summary of your BBL season so far, knowing that there's still a couple of games to go to get that job done. Where do you think the Brisbane Heat have performed relative to what you thought you were going to offer or what you wanted to offer? Oh, I was always confident in our squad uh, that, you know, we had a, a championship-winning side. We probably just were a bit sluggish coming out of the gate. Uh, no doubt about it. And You know, we had a couple of wins um, just before our test guys arrived. And then, and then once they arrived, we sort of started playing some good, consistent cricket. So it's been an up-and-down sort of season. And certainly, I think there's been periods where we've probably underperformed a little bit. And then there's been periods where we've played to what our ability is, I believe. So uh, I think we're hitting our straps at the pointy end of the season. Obviously... We had a little hiccup down here in Launceston, but um, certainly I think we're playing good cricket up until the final series, and, and we've put some good solid wins together. So I'm, I'm fairly confident coming down to Sydney, playing in, you know, a good side in the Sixers, and, and continue on our form. It's interesting then, you know, the, the words sluggish and BBL kind of don't go together, like in any fashion, do they? If they if you have a sluggish start to a match, or you have a sluggish period in a, a sluggish over in a match, then it can all go pear shaped. So. I guess on reflection, would that be something that you guys would be looking at further down the track, how you come out of the gates full bore and stay out there? Because it's it's one of the, I guess, the keys to success in the shortest form of the game. Oh, definitely. I think, you know, T20 is such a rapidly evolving format that no doubt about it, you can't be slow to react to different, different scenarios. But the good thing about tournament play, and particularly the Big Bash, is such a long tournament. It's 14 games, so... You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's not the end of the world if things don't go to plan to start with, so long as you stick to your process uh, you know, and, and, and maintain your good preparation and continue that on. That should hold you in good stead for the longer form, uh, longer, longer format. So, look, it, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world. and It's, it's important not to panic because, you know, winning is a habit and so is losing. I think there's periods of the tournament where you can go either way. Um, and to be honest, we don't like starting sluggishly, <laughs> but we're playing some good career come finals time, which I think is probably more important than how you start. It's a very long tournament. Both teams, obviously you guys and the Sixers have some of the biggest names in the game now heading off or headed off, so you, you don't have them. What's the talk around the playing group when you start to lose those players or do you just focus on who you've got in? 
Oh, you know, they're, they're massive shoes to fill, no doubt about it. Um, it it's, it's uh, you know, best test batch in the world in, in Marnus, and Uzi Kalaj has come back and he's led the ship so beautifully for us. Um, and, of course, Matty Renshaw had so much impact as well when he was around, so they're big shoes to fill, there's no doubt about it. But one of the really good things that Uzi said before he left us after our win down in Melbourne was that, you know, while the test guys had been back, they were relatively quiet for those uh, six first couple of games, and then they started to put some runs together back into the tournament. So that, that run of four or five wins that we got on was actually other guys finding impact with the ball and the bat uh, that weren't our big big stars from the test team. So uh, it's important to remember that, and that should build some confidence going into this game against the Sixers, that you know, the players that are there still can do the job and have done their job throughout the season. So it's really important that we maintain that confidence. And yes, you know, they are big, big people to, to, to be missing for this game, but that doesn't matter. The process hasn't changed, and the guys can come into their role, and uh, there's no reason why we can't win this game down in Sydney. Did you have someone just make sure that Steve Smith got on the plane? Just just to make sure, like have somebody at the airport just to push him onto that flight and say, get out of there, especially at the SCG. Oh, yeah. I've made sure Mars confirmed on the plane that he was gone. He's not there. I was thinking, I was, to be fair, as a cricket spectator and a cricket lover, I really enjoy watching his bat. Yeah, um, thankfully, yeah. it wasn't against us, um, and we haven't got to play him, so that's fantastic news. But the good thing is, well, you know, the Sixers are a strong side, and, and I know Moses spoke earlier in the week about not having stop gaps and, He's certainly right because someone like you know Daniel Hughes comes in and takes a you know Steve Smith spot, who's someone in the top five run scorers in big you know, big bash history. So you know they're still a very strong side, uh, you know, with the guys that are coming in off the bench as well. So we're very understanding of that. But thank God Steve Smith isn't there either. <laughs> Mate, does Marnus does Marnus normally travel with that much coffee in his bag? I mean, domestically is a different scenario, but did you see the photo of how much coffee he's stuffed in his bag to take overseas? Is, is this, like, even something weirder that, that, that Marnus could add? Oh, I'll tell you what, he's double-dipping, isn't he? That, that's his uh, little side hustle, taking all these coffee beans, the Cricket Australia thing. Apparently he charged full price to it as yeah. well, so I didn't even give him a discount. So that'd be about right. But if you were, if you were to watch Marnus, you'd think he'd take that much coffee. He's full of beans every time he, um, he does anything, really, with life in general, so... No, look, I think, you know, that's your little passion project. I think over in India, you know, there's, there's, there's places that you go that you can't do a whole lot. You certainly can't get access to a decent coffee. So I think he's making sure he's looking after the touring party and, and um, everyone gets their morning fix when we get over there. All right, final one. So how do you beat the Sixers tomorrow night? Well, I think it's really important that, you know, they play their conditions really well. Um, and I think we've got a couple of really key matchups that, you know, um, suit the SDG. Uh, and, and, and someone like uh, Spencer Johnson with a big ball, I think he's got nice air speed, left arm angle. There's a bit of variable bounce in the wicket. You know, he's going to be a nice, a nice option for us to use early with the new ball. Of course, we look to attack as, as usual with Big Nesta. He'll take the new ball and he'll take early wickets if we can get that, uh, that ball right. That certainly helps. Uh, and when we bat, I think it's really important that the SCG is not one of those grounds where you're going to, bl- you know, blast your way into a, um, an innings like you, you would the Gabra. It's probably one of those ones where you need to be bit more workmanlike. It looks to run the ball hard into the gaps. Um, plenty of twos. Uh, and then take the boundary ball that's there as well. Uh, and I also finally think that Stephen O'Keefe's a massive part of their uh, their lineup. So if we can keep him relatively quiet and out of the game, um, I think we're, we'll go a long way to winning winning this game cricket at the SCG. Good on you, Jimmy. Thanks for your time this morning, mate. Thanks to Mick too for, uh, for not interfering with our chat, although it would have been fun. Best of luck tomorrow night. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Jimmy Pearson there. So the Brisbane Heat uh, travelling to the SCG to take on the Sydney Sixers. That interview, thanks to Australian Made, it's important to buy Australian right now. Look for the logo and be sure that it's Aussie. Don't forget, we'll be calling.
the BBL finals this week. So Jimmy Smith, Dougie Bollinger coming to you tomorrow night live from the SCG from 7 o'clock. So 7 o'clock on air and then 7.15 start. And coming up later in the program, we'll catch up with the Sydney Sixers side um, from their point of view with assistant coach Cameron White as well. What a performer. So Jimmy Pearson, 324 runs from his 15 innings, 57 not out, higher score, averaging 27 at a strike rate of 118.68, 11 catches and one stumping this season, right in the thick of it all. It's going to be a beauty, even without those test stars that are unavailable. They're already in India now. So you've got Usman Khawaja, Manas Labashain, Matty Renshaw out of the heat side. And of course, um, the sixes that won't be there as well. 0457 736 736. So we're asking you this morning on our Wednesday takeaway, what wouldn't you miss if it was taken away from the world of sport? I mentioned a couple in tennis and I asked the question, would you miss Nick Kyrgios if he retired now? I would. I, I caught the first episode of the Netflix series last night. Um, you know, it was all right. But, gee, the game would miss him, no question. Um, do you miss the Lions people? Now, Alex has got a bit of a bugbear. So a good solid two weeks of the Australian Open. Maestro, I, it's just, I just sense that you wouldn't miss quite a few things. Well, and most of it's off court, Matt. You know, it's the off first court. time I've been down there in four years. Yeah. And, boy, it's... You know, and it was the highest attended Australian Open, which yes. is great, but you get a lot of A grades. So <laughs> I'll just mention some of the behaviour I wouldn't miss, uh, particularly in the stands. Yep. People taking phone calls during points. Yes. That was something I hadn't seen before. Um, people walking up to their seat during points, not knowing where their seat was. Yeah. Sit down, mate. People who'd had a skinful calling out after every point. I yeah. don't mind the... You Is know, that Alba? The fo- <laughs> that was Alba in the front row, <laughs> scoffing ice cream. Um and then on the back of that, people shushing the people calling out. So you get the call. Oh, and then the shush. And then the sh- and it's just, and then people, and then players complaining about yeah. the people calling out and the people shush. It's just yeah. a complete mess. I hate all of it. Oh, jeez. Just play with the noise. You've come back battered and bruised. Uh, and uh, my final one is a lot of the people doing this stuff uh, dressed like they're going to a nightclub to go to the tennis, which yeah. is, I've always found interesting. Yeah. Um, and... The, the onesie, I don't miss. The onesie. I, I, I don't miss that. Well, the fanatics aren't there. Oh, the fanatics. Do we know, miss the fanatics? Do we miss the fanatics? Good, I, you know what we need to do mm. next time around? As much as the experience is oh. awesome down there, you just need to sit at home and watch it, mate. We, we can't have you, you coming back a, this yeah. beaten up. 0457 736 736. Let's go to the news and we can take your texts and calls after this. Thank you, Vanessa. And don't forget that SEN is also your home for Super Bowl 57. So Jared Waitley, Benny Graham, Larry Fitzgerald Sr. live from Arizona. So Monday week from 9am. So we'll be taking a backseat on this program and SEN will be calling Super Bowl 57, taking the NFL to the Neds level this season. Thanks to Neds and Gamble responsibly, 1-800-858-858. Rightio, let's get to some of your text messages on what you wouldn't miss. Now, I can't believe that we've gone 33 minutes plus all the talk before the show, and we raised this at the back end of yesterday, and this did not cross my mind about something that I wouldn't miss. If we, like, if we took this away, love the song, have I would not miss that at all. So if there's no Sweet Caroline at the Everest, at, I mean, picket, local volleyball match, cricket match, ping pong championships, snooker at the pub, I mean, Sweet Caroline's everywhere, so I would not miss... Sweet Caroline, would you? 
Would you? What's the other one? Horses. I mean, I, I don't think I'd miss horses. Heard enough of it. Uh, okay. Stu from Cronulla's opened the batting beautifully. Just said I wouldn't miss Tommy's Roosters salutations. Well, they're going to come, mate. 29 days until the season starts. Uh, Tommy at least puts his bias right out there by saying that he's not biased, which means we know that he is. Matty, one thing I wouldn't miss is magic round, especially now with one club missing out. I don't support Newcastle, but they were made to look like who cares? Bring it back if there's an 18th club and move it around to different venues each year. That's not a bad shout. Would you miss magic round if the NRL announced this morning that it wasn't on? The Berkeley Eagle says what I wouldn't miss, the bloody Broncos every Friday night. Nah, uh, that ain't going to change. That's not going to change either. I wouldn't miss hearing about Eddie Jones. Save the praise for when he wins something, and by something, I don't mean one in every three games. No name on that text. Uh, Well, we can save the praise for that. What I'm telling you is the Eddie Jones show is here, folks. And what I explained to you this morning is that he's willing and very, very good to sell the bejesus out of the game. And that's part of the reason why they want him here because he will sell what he wants you to buy and you have a good look at it, at what's going to happen. You have a good, good look at that. Now, record on the field will be completely different. And obviously, once they start playing under Eddie, Bledisloe Cup will be a huge marker. World Cup, they've made it clear, we've got to win it. So does that mean it's a fail mark if they don't win it? Well, yeah, it is. And he'll be held to account on that. So would you, would you miss that? I mean, obviously we're gonna, we would miss the wins under Eddie if we don't get him, and we will call it out when it happens. But at the moment, this is stage one, folks, of the Eddie show. You keep going on about Eddie on that. Um, he got sacked as England coach. He fell offside with players and officials there. In his last year in charge, lost six from seven. Now they're rehashing him here in Australia. Rugby Australia has ruined the game. Um, they had Rennie in charge and sacked... After, what, 18 months? The reason for Jones being here is because all other teams in Europe have worked him out like they will here, says Anthony. Perhaps, Anthony, maybe, maybe. And let's just point out here, I'm not going on about Eddie Jones's winning percentage record as new coach of the Wallabies because he doesn't have one at the moment. He hasn't had one since 2005. So let's start digging through those numbers and whether or not Eddie's a success once they get on the park. But the stuff that he's already doing outside, the way that he played it yesterday was just straight out of the Eddie playbook. And that side of it works. That's the ticket selling side of it, the pride building side of it. And he's a master of that. Uh, I love Neil Diamond. Good times have never felt so good. Yeah, I mean, we all do. But I wouldn't miss it if we don't hear it again at a sporting venue. Uh, 0457736. 736. Nah, Youngie on the Central Coast says, I wouldn't miss Novak Djokovic if he retired today. Whew. I'll tell you what, the other players wouldn't either because there's a few doors that then start to open. <laughs> a few major championship doors that start to open. Anthony from Schofields, I wouldn't miss the animal and mascot sounds that Fox plays after a team scores a try. That's not bad. That's not, I don't think I'd miss them either. I don't know how much they add, especially if you're little kids, they, they add. Kids like it. Um, let me know. 0457 736 736. G'day, Matt. Not going to miss the extra BBL games next year with the trim down BBL schedule. I'd agree with that one because everybody agrees there was just too many games. 
way too many games. And if there was a shortened schedule, I mean, we don't know what the calendar looks like, but say the schedule was shortened this year, say that it finished a little bit earlier than where we're going to finish, even last week, guess what? Steve Smith, Usman Kawaja, Manus Labashain, they'd all still be there, possibly, possibly. But that will be one of the outcomes, hopefully, um, once that BBL schedule is trimmed down. Matty, I would miss scrums in rugby league. Whilst they're far removed from the contest they once were in yesteryear, scrums are a part of the fabric and aesthetic look of the game. Ooh, let me come back to that one, Daniel. I'll read on. You remove elements of the game, it'd no longer look like the game. I'd like to see scrums return to when the ball goes in to touch as opposed to the now current handover play the ball. Scrums have evolved to create attacking sequences in the modern era. Um, P.S. It's going on 24 years, but I still miss my Western Suburbs Magpies being a standalone club in the NRL. Uh, yeah, I bet you do, Daniel. Thank you for that. I, I doubt I, I would give you a fair old debate on whether scrums, whilst they were a part of the fabric of the game, that they're part of the aesthetic look of the game. <laughs> they're a rubble, mate. They're an absolute cluster. They don't do anything. They don't mean anything. And they just manage to give you a bit of a pause. If that's why we've got them, fine. But in terms of the aesthetic, they were a, p- a part of the fabric, no doubt about it. The old push and shove and the hooker getting the legs across. And I mean, it was fantastic. But then you go back and have a look at some of those games, right? <laughs> and I'd argue that they're a rubble back then as well. Scrums are scrums. And at the moment, they're not scrums. So get rid of them. I wouldn't miss Souths if they were kicked out of the comp again. Go the Chookies, Brad the Owl. Come on, Brad. We don't need to go down that way. As a Bunnies fan, I wouldn't miss the Roosters, <laughs> says John from Harrington Park. 15 all, folks. 15 all. But then it's usually a guaranteed couple of wins each season, says John. Well, this is starting early. Yes, Matty, I would miss the scrums if we get rid of them. It's just becoming more like one marker touch. Not good. And some of the best plays of last season came from set pieces from the scrums, PG. Good point. Very good point. I'll go along with that and didn't think about that when I was reading the other one. What I wouldn't miss, says Walnuts, is the bloody bunker. Blow it up now. Well, I, I mean, we've, I think we've got the, I think the bunker and your Nick Kyrgios are kind of sitting side by side in the love-hate department at the moment, don't you reckon? We, we love it, but we hate it. And then we don't like it because it just drives us nuts. But then we need it because we've got to watch it. And then if the bunker's starting to rule on all those close plays, look, either way, Monday morning right here on the talkback, you'll be blowing up if there's a bunker. You'll be blowing up if there's not a bunker. And you'll be blowing up if we blow up the bunker. That's kind of the way that it's going to work. Another one for the Broncos every Friday night. I woke up if I woke up, says Dan, and AFL just didn't exist just went belly up, that'd be great. (laughs) So you wouldn't miss AFL. I mean, we were thinking about certain intricacies of the game of AFL that our mostly NRL-loving audience wouldn't miss, but just to come out and say you wouldn't miss the entire game, don't know about that. All our cricket grounds would have a uniqueness to them and also a lot more athletes for rugby league, rugby, cricket, basketball, Olympics. So overall, Australia wins as a sport only played in Oz no longer exists. Wow. 0457 736 736. Wouldn't miss coaches going to press conferences, censored and not wanting to go. Surely they can speak their mind, says the Brisbane Eel. I'm up with you on that one. All right, we have opened a can of worms on this Wednesday morning. It's the Wednesday takeaway. You can be part of it. Pick up the phone, give us a call. 1300 01 1170. We've got a double pass too to the Sixers v Heat. 
tomorrow night. So the best wouldn't miss, but you've got to call one 1170 to be in with a chance to get that double pass. Be part of it after this. We are rocking and rolling this morning with our Wednesday takeaway. What wouldn't you miss from the world of sport? I've got a double pass to go to the Sydney Sixers v Brisbane Heat uh, knockout tomorrow at the SCG. To the best caller, Paul is first through on the open line from Newcastle. Good morning, Paul. What wouldn't you miss? So, uh, the captain's challenge. Ooh. Yeah. I, what, just don't I would, like it? I would I would actually put it into uh, the writings of the game that it can never be brought back, ever. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so that's pretty adamant and that's pretty clear and I reckon uh, there's probably nowhere further to go with that, Paul, but I appreciate it. We're going to put you into that draw for the double pass. I know you're up there in Newcastle, but there is a double pass on offer. So just flat out, captain's challenge. Not only wouldn't Paul miss the captain's challenge, he never wants to see it again. Do you agree with that one? I don't mind the captain's challenge. I kind of like seeing, I mean, there's, there's a weird part of me that likes seeing them come unstuck. I guess that's probably the... That's probably the drama in it from a spectator's point of view. If it's not your team, that is. And I would love to because Alex posed this question. What do you reckon the percentage of success is from the captain's challenge last year? Tommy's going to have to do some homework on that. Um, Captain's challenge success rate, we know this, from front rowers who have called for it. (laughs) We prepare to say, we prepare to say that most captains wouldn't miss wouldn't miss their forwards calling out for a captain's challenge. Um, That's got to be pretty low. But overall, in terms of captain's challenge, I don't mind it. I don't think it interrupts the game too much. Um, I just, I don't like the over and over and over replays and especially the bunker. I mean, it's like when you're going through the summer of cricket and they need to have a look at a no ball when you know it's clearly not a no ball or it clearly is. Let's go frame by frame and rock and roll and all that kind of stuff that you hear. I know that they've got to go through it, but I wouldn't miss it if they just hurry up with it. So the captain's challenge, Paul wants it taken off the table. Just get rid of the whole damn thing, never to be seen again. Uh, okay, some more of these texts. I wouldn't miss the seven tackle sets in the NRL. <laughs> Actually, I miss the genuine short kicking game as it's an art that's now missing in the game, says Muzz from Buff Point. The short kicking game, the genuine short kicking game. Well, you're 40-20s and vice versa, yeah. Um pin them in their corners. How many little chip and chases do we see? Sort of Phil Blake style. I mean, just too risky in the modern pace of the game, perhaps. I wouldn't miss players lying down for a penalty, says Filthy. Well, well, you've touched a raw nerve there because this bubbled up, what, two seasons ago now? Two seasons ago. And we had quite a bit to say on it at the time. Would you want to be that player? Well, in the coach's eyes, yeah. You want to do everything you can to say to the coach at halftime or at full time, hey, coach, I did my job there. I got us the penalty. Um, do you want to be that player in the game? Nah, no. Nah. Wouldn't miss, so another one from Stu, wouldn't miss the Minnesota Vikings foghorn. Very annoying. Would you miss the Viking clap from the Canberra Raiders? I would. I would. I'm not a Raiders fan, but I like it. I wouldn't miss batsmen scratching and scraping marking centre every single ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, every single ball. I'm okay with the marking and scraping centre because um, it gives us a good look at their feet <laughs> in the stump cam. 
But aside from that, every ball, no. Now, Tommy's right on it. As of the final round of the regular season last year, the success rate amongst all 16 clubs in the captain's challenge, can you guess it? It was under 50%, 44.8%. So Penrith were the most successful team with a 58.3%. Wow. So more often than not, they got it right. More often, well, yeah, more than half. Whereas across the league, it was less than half. So is it worth the punt? I mean, also times it's probably worth having a crack at it just to give your team a breather. Hey, ref, yep, captain's challenge. Let's just hold on here because everyone's out of puff. We've just made 60 tackles in a row. Captain's challenges are interesting. And the challenges that came in, remember in tennis, when it came in, Roger Federer was dead against it and hardly used it and then started working out that you can use it to your advantage and then turned around on it and was very open with that. I'm a traditionalist, don't like it, don't want to do it. And then when he needed to use it, he would use it. And now it's become sort of second place. Uh, I wouldn't miss this one from Eddie. Cricket Australia. Why can't they organise for the BBL finals not to clash with the test matches in India? They'd put on State of Origin in September if they were in charge. Well, in a perfect world, Eddie, they would like to do that. Believe me, the schedulers down there don't look and say, let's put this up against that. Uh, They want it to go the other way. But they got themselves into such a bind over the last couple of years in trying to churn out as much BBL as they could that they forgot about the bigger picture. And it came back to bite them. And they were told that it would come back to bite them. And now, under the new broadcast arrangement, they've finally come to their senses. The Titans were the worst, 35.1%. Whoa, wow. 35.1% success rate with the captain's challenge. All righty, we are heading towards the uh, 10 o'clock news. Cameron White will be my special guest in the next hour. So we've heard from Jimmy Pearson uh, from the Brisbane Heat. We'll hear from Cameron, assistant coach since July this year at the Sydney Sixers. Both of those teams, one match away from making the final on Saturday night back over there in Perth. one 1170 is the open line number. If you'd like a double ticket, double pass, to go to that match tomorrow night, pick up the phone, give me a call, tell me what you wouldn't miss in the world of sport. Keep those texts and the calls coming with the double pass to the Sixers v Heat. So Daniel Hughes will have the job of replacing Steve Smith. And if you missed it earlier, Jimmy Pearson referenced that as well. You take out somebody like Smith who set the BBL alight in the games that he was able to play at the back end. And now, obviously, he's in India. So Daniel Hughes comes in. Um, an average of 22.5, a high score of 28 this season. But he knows his way around. You, you're talking not like for like because that's one heck of a job to try and replace Smudge in that kind of form. But you're replacing somebody of, of that calibre with a calibre of player like Hughes. So we'll touch on that with Cameron White. And also it could be Dan Christian's last game in the BBL. So he's announced that he's retiring um, they've got two more chances or this chance. And then if they make it through that into the final against the Perth Scorchers, Jaleesa Raps will also join me a little bit later on this morning. And we'll continue this discussion of what you wouldn't miss in the world of sport. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line or send us a text on this Wednesday morning, the 1st of Feb, 0457 it is the 1st of February, a brand new month, and we're edging closer and close, closer to the start of the NRL 
season proper. In fact, 29 days away. A big welcome to our listeners joining us on SENQ 693am in Brisbane and 1620am on the Gold Coast. And welcome back to those on 1170am in Sydney and around the world on our SEN app. Now, this morning, folks, especially for those just joining us, we want to know what wouldn't you miss if we took it away in the world of sport. It's our Wednesday takeaway this morning. We'll be doing this all season long, and we're starting with the question, what wouldn't you miss? Let me know your thoughts around that because we've had some all-time contenders this morning across all sports. In fact, it can be across anything. Coverage of sport. Uh, Alex, who's with me in the studio this morning, just had a massive bugbear about the Australian Open because he went down there. And look, I'll summarise it for you. He just wouldn't miss being there because the punters were on the drink. They were making noise. He just didn't like the whole experience. In the NRL, would you miss scrums? Would you miss the bunker if it was gone? I, I wouldn't miss bucket hats at the BBL. I just wouldn't miss them. I've never stuck one on my head. I never have any intention of sticking a KFC bucket on my head. And I also wouldn't miss Sweet Caroline. But there's another one as well that I that I wouldn't miss. I mean, can you guess it? I like the songs, but I'm over them. Yeah. Would you miss the horses if we got to the Melbourne Cup again or the Everest and that wasn't playing? I think if you were there, if you're there... End of a long day, had a win, you're having a couple, you know, you need a bit of a sing-along, you probably wouldn't miss it. Would you miss the world of tennis if Nick Kyrgios pulled the pin right now? What about in golf? What would you miss out of that? That's our Wednesday takeaway this morning. You can come and join the show, 0457 736 736. By the way, Jimmy Pearson was my special guest a little bit earlier this morning. So apologies for our Queensland listeners. We had to do that chat earlier because they're getting ready to fly to Sydney for tomorrow night's Challenger. So Jimmy's in the car with Mick Nessa and uh, he jumped on the phone with us. You can catch up with that on our Mornings with Matt White podcast wherever you get your podcast. So just tune on into that. The Challenger is tomorrow night at the Sydney Cricket Ground. The Sydney Sixers v the Brisbane Heat, the winner to go through and play the Perth Scorchers. And I'm pleased to say that on the line this morning, let's start with this for this hour, a chat with Sydney Sixers assistant coach Cameron White, who joins us. Good morning, Cam. Good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. How's the team training this afternoon? And and it's getting close. I mean, regardless of how many times they've been in this situation, there's got to be the pressure building. Oh, yeah, there is a little bit of pressure, I guess, but that's just, you know, a pretty natural thing for a, a knockout final to hopefully get another chance to go back to, to Perth, uh, have another crack at the, the Scorchers. But, um, yeah, first and foremost, need to concentrate on this game tomorrow night. But um, I think we're probably just looking forward to it. It's been, you know, a longish season in the game, 16 now, and had a couple of days off, which is um, which is good. But at the same time, you just want to keep the, keep the games rolling and, and get on with it. Perhaps I should have asked, how's the frequent flyer points? Because you're crisscrossing the country. And if you do win tomorrow night, like you say, you're going back over there. So just just put that into perspective for us. I mean, the cricketer's life, as you well know, is jumping on and off planes. But it's a fair old season, the BBL one. Yeah, that's right. It's it's pretty hectic. And that's probably the one thing that can uh, maybe get to the players a little bit. Everyone Everyone's in the same uh, position throughout the season. Lots of travel. Probably the thing that, yeah, that makes... That can get a bit tiring, but um, yeah, as I said, everyone's in the 
in the same spot and you just got to deal with it and get on with it and try and compete as best you can. Good news out of the camp yesterday. Jordan Silk re-signing with the club for a further three seasons. To have a player like him in your outfit and then to have a player like him locked up for the next three years is really, really important and very good timing. Yeah, exactly. I think Jordan uh, and Jordan's position in the team is is a difficult one batting in that middle order. It's a real specialist position. So, um, and it's one that Jordan's, you know, done very well over the last couple of seasons and again this season. So, yeah, to have him sign on for another three years with the clubs, uh, you know, a great get um, and a credit to Jordan as well. I think he's he's a real leader in the group as well sort of thing. So, and um, really contributes to the culture of the club as well. So, yeah, big get. Cam, in, in your role in the coaching staff, when you look around and you see the kind of players that you've got, is a Jordan Silk the kind of go-to player? Because, like you say, he's in that difficult position in the batting lineup, but he always delivers out there on the field. So is he the kind of guy, okay, who's going to change a match for us? Is he is he one that you'd put up the top? Well, yeah, and you just know what you're going to get from Jordan. I yeah. guess that comes with experience. It comes with being a really good player. And, and no matter what the situation he finds himself in, which is, you know, batting in that position is pretty much always a different situation. No, no two uh, are very similar from one game to the next year, but you know you're going to get a pretty good outcome and, and more often than not. So I think just that element of having someone that's, uh, you know, experienced and, and a very good player in there, and um, I think he's just calming for the, for the team. You know, if you're in trouble, um, he's there to sort of resurrect or if, you, if we're, we're going well and he's there to finish off an innings, he's got the skill set to do. You know, to cope with anything that's thrown at him. It's an obvious one to know that Steve Smith, if he was there, you'd love to have him here. And if, you know, the planes were taking off a couple of days later, then maybe you could have. So we don't need to go down whether or not you'd love to have Smudge, but you've got Daniel Hughes. So I guess we do need to go down. What's the message to Daniel Hughes? He can't deliver what Steve Smith has been delivering at that kind of level. I mean, you'd hope he could, but what's what's the message from you guys to him about his role in this match and possibly the last? Well, I guess that just shows the depth of the Sydney Sixers squad. Like, Daniel, Daniel Hughes is probably the most informed domestic white ball player in the country. I think we've already got two or three hundred this year for New South Wales opening the batting um, in a 50-over format. But, um, you know, he's, our, our squad is so strong, he hasn't played much this season. So, uh, look, we're, we, we're not concerned by that, though, because we know Daniel's a great player as well. Also, very experienced, been around the block a few times, knows what's going on, so just confident for him to come in and play his role, you know, probably in the top order, in the top three, and, and do a job. It's something he's done before as well, sort of thing. So we've got, we got full faith in him coming in pretty fresh at the back end of the tournament. And all things going right for you guys, you've got two matches to send Dan Christian out a winner. Give me a snapshot of, of your take on somebody of Dan Christian's quality, uh, both on and off the field, and, and what you've seen from a first-hand basis since you've been part of the squad earlier this year. Yeah, well, I've known Dan for a very long time now. I think we grew, we grew up playing um, under-17 or under-19 cricket against each other, Victorian under-17s and New South Wales under-17. So um, what a great career it's been and, and probably one that's changed course a few times for Dan over the last few years. But, um, but yeah, specifically towards the, the T20 side of things, he's obviously been very successful as that Harley-Davidson drives past me <laughs> on the road here in Coochie. But, <laughs> but Dan's, yeah. All around the world, he just he's been winning. So he's won a lot of tournaments over in the UK and and obviously here with the Sydney Sixers. So yeah, it'd be great to you know get another win for him, another trophy. So to finish off what's been a great career. Good on you, Cameron. All the very best tomorrow night. Appreciate your time today.
No stress. Thanks very much. Cameron White joining us there. Don't forget, SEN will be calling that match live. Uh, Jimmy Smith, Dougie Bollinger in the chair at the SCG from 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Daylight Saving Time. And then, of course, the match starting 15 minutes later. So 6 p.m. for our Brisbane and Gold Coast listeners. Let's go to the open line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Now, I've got a double pass up for grabs to that match. So obviously for our Sydney listeners, it's more towards you. But if you want to jump on a plane or if you're coming on down and you've already got a ticket and you want a ticket for another two, well, jump on the phone. It's not that hard. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. John the Tiger is on the line. G'day, John. What wouldn't you miss in sport? There's two, there's two things I wouldn't miss. First one is a number of times David Warner adjusts his batting gloves after every shot. Yeah. He takes them off and he adjusts them. Have you noticed that at all? I have, John. I have. And that's, you know, that's, that's the quirk, isn't it? I mean, normally they do that to get a bit of air into there and stop the sweaty palms. But now it's become, especially at this stage of his career, it's just become his thing, but it drives you nuts, right? Oh, there's there's one you wouldn't miss. Anything else? And the else? other one, the other one, and the other one is a number of times that Novak Djokovic bounces the ball <laughs> before every serve. It's a wonder they don't do something about that. Twelve times yeah. every serve. Yeah. Well, they, they got on the Rafael Nadal for his little uh, little rich of what he does, but uh, <laughs> the, the bouncing of the ball is the worst thing I've seen. <laughs> for ages. Good on you, mate. Thank you. And thanks for calling through as well. And thanks for listening in. John the Tiger there. So, yes, it's 12 bounces. It's two and then it's 10 in a row. Um, well, the thing that they've done about it is the shot clock, the serve clock. So that's ticking, although Novak sort of operates on a different one as well. He goes into minuses. So would you miss that if that was out? I don't mind missing Rafa with the you know, that weird sort of ritual that he used to go through and picking the undies out and all that kind of stuff. So that's definitely gone away a little bit. Steve Smith's gone back in terms of the amount of fidgeting that he did at the crease. That fidgeting was all over the place. And then with the new look Steve Smith that we got this summer, there was less fidgeting, more side on, a different stance, all that kind of stuff. And and funnily enough, as he quite often referenced, the ball found the middle of the bat on more occasions. <laughs> So the fidgeting wasn't needed, but it just becomes part of the ritual. So there you go. There's one. Just rituals. Do you miss – would you miss those with their weird rituals? I mean, goal kickers, for instance, they've got their thing, their routine. It's what you go through and it's your trigger that you need to have to deliver what you need to deliver on that big stage. Um, I always thought with Rafa how much energy was being consumed in doing that kind of stuff, how much mental – I mean, it's not a lot of physical energy, um, but, you know, pulling your Reg Grundy's out, I don't know, uh, what's it last? Say there's a three-hour match that he plays and he'd do it once a minute. You do the math. That's a lot. Um, but then the whole mental energy of making sure that the bottle has to be there and the cap comes off and then the cap goes on. And I always thought that eventually that would catch up with him. Well, it didn't. <laughs> but, but it's an extraordinary amount of energy to put into something else other than what he was there to do. Just like Tiger's back, I thought, would always eventually catch up with him. And maybe there was a bit of extra curricula that probably led to that. 0457 736 736 is the number. Uh, Steve from Norellan says, I wouldn't miss the bulldog talk all the time. It's just driving me crazy. Thank you, Steve. 
Uh, tomorrow's BBL game, yes, Sydney have to replace Steve Smith, but Brisbane, as we pointed out, have to replace Usman, Manus and Renshaw. Yes, that's right. And that's something that we reference with Jimmy Pearson. You can catch up with that on our podcast. Good morning, Matty, from Junior Smithy. I wouldn't miss the copycat coaches who just follow what the successful teams do even when they don't have the players to play that style. I want to see coaches adapt a style that suits them and also who they have on their roster. Copycat coaches. Uh, well, Junior Smithy, have a look at um, what the, the signs are coming out of the West Tigers, for instance. So we've got Tim Sheens and Benji there and all the signs and the talk is that uh, the style that they're going to go is more attacking. It's going to be more open. It's going to be more flair. So are they going that down the copycat road or are they going that because that's what they want to do and that's what suits them and that's what they think they're good at? And the Noosa Bronco, nice to hear from you, Noosa Bronco. I had to suffer watching Australian Idol last night. Uh, is that what you wouldn't miss? Although you then go on to say the new AFL ad. Makes me want to follow the game. <laughs> Great ad. Aha. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it. Anyone seen it? Let us know what it is. We might have to dig that one up and have a look. So the new AFL ad, um, you kind of wouldn't miss because you're obviously not an AFL follower, but now it's wanting to make you follow AFL. The old reverse psychology trick, Noosa Bronco. It's got you a beauty. You can be part of this 0457 736 736. It's 17 and a half past 10 for our Sydney listeners, 17 and a half after nine for our Queensland listeners right here on SEN. 22 minutes after 10 in Sydney, 22 after nine for our Queensland listeners. So we'll continue that discussion of what you wouldn't miss because I've got a whole stack of text messages still sitting there. If you'd like to pick up the phone, especially if you're in the Sydney area or coming to the Sydney area for the Challenger tomorrow night, the Sydney Sixers v the Brisbane Heat. Uh, let me know. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 We've got a double pass to give away to the best caller. As I mentioned earlier, 29 days until the start of the Premiership proper in uh, the NRL, CBA negotiations, one issue that's sitting there. When you look at what's happening for those in clubland, well, it's getting to the crunch. And for the Newcastle Knights, it's just fascinating how sometimes good slash cruel the game can be. So we know that the Newcastle Knights and the Sharks have been going back and forth for a good couple of weeks now to try and get Lockie Miller up there. Now, if you're listening to my program yesterday, Tommy um, confirmed that news that that deal was done. So Lockie Miller heading off to the Knights. Within 24 hours, the Sharks then lose Kay Dykes for what could be the season with a suspected ACL tear. It's just horrible the way that it's played out, especially for that young man on his 21st birthday faces the prospect of sitting out the season. Meanwhile, Lockie Miller, when he spoke to the media, didn't know that was going on, but he is now getting ready to become part of a very crucial Newcastle spine. i got a young family and a growing family, so um, we were obviously really keen to take that up, and you know, it was, it was, we were really fortunate both parties came to say yes. You can tell it's this, that they really love this team. It's a like the, the city really gets behind it. Mm. Um, so it was pretty hostile to be on the other side of that. But at flip side, I get to play for it. So I'm really excited. Obviously, we're going to start winning some games this year. We're going to get on the front foot and we're going to see that thing pack out. I think it's a really exciting group. Obviously, um, even when we played last year, the forward pack is strong. They're really big, they're really mobile. And then you've got um, a new half. Um, Kaelin going into a new position and um, yeah, whole new spine really. So I'm uh, very excited. I think there's a good buzz around here. Yeah.
Would you miss the funky music behind the uh, interview that they did there? But, uh, look, good on him. He's got a, a young family, as he said, a, another part of this career trajectory that he's been on. And um, the Newcastle Knights is his next destination. What about at the Seagulls? Well, a lot of focus, obviously, on Brookvale for a whole stack of reasons, and especially with their number one man coming back, Tom Trebojevic, back from his recent trip to the US with Bill Knowles. I'll tell you what, the NRL would miss Bill Knowles if he wasn't around. Um, the hamstring whisperer, I guess we could call him. And Anthony Seabold also spoke to the media yesterday about that whole issue. Turbo is back. When does he get back into the side? Is it round one? And uh, what's the plan for 2023? He's not going to go there and tell me when I can and can't play. It's more about what I can do to become a better athlete, to be more sustainable in the long term. He not only can look at you and work out where you need to improve on, but he can show you himself. Like You know what you're doing wrong and then showing you the way forward. Certainly it gives me a lot of confidence. And um, I guess having something to work on that, you know, it's a bit different. It you know, help, definitely helps you mentally as well. So, yeah, I feel really good. There's a number of takeaways that we can bring to our group to best prepare um, the athletes. The other one is, I suppose, um, to identify um, what weaknesses or areas that Tom can improve um, in his running mechanics. The really interesting bit for me as a coach and also our performance staff is he's been able to identify that. And um, it makes sense to me. It would, wouldn't it? Especially if you can identify areas that Tom Trebojevic could improve in, uh, in the run. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're talking about the mechanics of his body here, but if there's improvement, and there's always improvement in every play. I mean, we saw the improvement when Luttrell came back on a whole stack of fronts. So if there's improvement, if you're Anthony Seabold, if you're the high-performance staff down there, if you're the coaching staff and you're looking at Tommy T coming back, and not only A, he's fit, B, they've got a good plan to try and... Um, make sure that he stays fit. But if there's improvement, wow, you want to be tapping in to that. So that's been a little bit of what's happening in the world of football. Then, of course, we've got the Australian men's cricket team touchdown in India. So they're up and Adam, we've got a four test series ahead of us and you'll hear ball by ball coverage right here on SEN. Steve Smith straight in front of the media speaking to them about the challenge of playing in India. Yeah, that's it. So, nah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Um, getting back playing, so looking forward to getting over to India. It's going to be a great challenge for us, so um, can't wait. Well, I think it'll be huge for us. Um, yeah, it's, it's always uh, been one that's... Um, well, I've never won there. I've been there twice. Um, in fact, it's, it's been very difficult playing there, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be good fun and, yeah, hopefully we can have our plans in place and, and play the right style of cricket and hopefully have some success. I wish we could have grabbed Smudge yesterday and asked him whilst he was facing the media there at the, uh, at the airport, what won't, what won't you miss or what wouldn't you miss about a trip to India? Because it's got to be one of the toughest trips you can take as a cricketer. I mean, the challenge over there is going to be extraordinary. It's going to be fascinating to watch how that one plays out. 0457 736 736. Maddie, I wouldn't miss the interviews uh, of players that are coming off at half time. Something that Tommy raised a little bit earlier. We'll get Tommy's two cents worth after the news, but the interviews of players coming off at half time is a oh, it's a fine line, isn't it? There's only a short period of time. Sometimes short is better, but this is short, short. They're stuffed. They're walking off. They can only they they they're trying to be pleasant, 
and they can only say so much. So it's it's one of those ones. It's access. It's taking you, the viewer and the listener, out to their part of the world, out to their playing field, their arena. So there's something cool about that. What they deliver, uh, well, I mean, it's really on both sides to say, well, what do you expect? <laughs> how do you ask an in-depth question in that short period of time and how do you answer it when you're trying to get off the field to get into the sheds? Would you miss it? I, I think I'd miss the access. I, I just think I'd miss the access because sometimes you can get some little nuggets of gold there just in having a look at them and the reaction of the players around them. So it's a 50-50 on that. I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. Uh, I reckon I wouldn't miss the top eight, says Brett. It rewards generally mediocrity. Case in point, Titans who qualified after a 10-win, 14-loss season a couple of years ago. Top five would mean that every game's worth a lot more to aim for instead of just beating half the comp. Top five we go down to. Hmm. Okay. Let me know your thoughts around that. Let's break for the news. 2am Tommy with his two cents worth on the other side of this. Thank you, Vanessa. Okay. Uh, Tim says, I would not miss Australian commentators using Americanisms like on a dime, do the math, career year, Grand Slam final. Tim's got the bent about the Grand Slam final. We can go back and forth on that. Well, I think we're up to year two, two and a half of going back and forth on that. Do you miss Americanisms? Would you miss Americanisms in sport? In golf, getting the hole, wouldn't miss that whatsoever. I mean, what do you think he's trying to do or she's trying to do? Miss the hole? Maybe maybe that's – miss the hole. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on that. Righto, Tommy. Get some coins on the table. As I'm, I'm interested in some thoughts. Now, we were spitballing this this morning, and you had a couple. Um, one morning, of yours – good morning, mate. One of yours was the inevitable talk of the Queensland State I of Origin spirit. I absolutely hate it. So, Queensland, Queensland fans, former Queensland players, um, experts, whatever you might call them. And a big shout-out to our SENQ 693AM listeners. Exactly. So, Brisbane, Gold Coast listeners, take this with a grain of salt. It's all a bit of fun. But after Games 1 and Game 3 this year in the State of Origin series, you hear from the former players talk about the Queensland spirit. And even some New South Wales journalists and fans started to believe that New South Wales didn't have any spirit when it comes to State of Origin. Queensland is the only ones that have the spirit. Where was the spirit in Perth where we absolutely thrashed them? Where was the spirit in the 2021 series where we won 50 nil in game one and about 30 nil in game two? It's the, it's the stupidest argument I've ever heard. And it's just rhetoric from Queenslanders who just like to put the boot into New South Welshman because fairly they beat us eight years in a row. Fairly. I hate it so much. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay, let me throw some at you. Bucket hats. Would you miss them if they were gone? Uh, no and yeah, like yes and no. It doesn't phase me. So no, no. I wouldn't Have you ever it. worn a bucket hat? No, I never worn a bucket okay. hat. Okay. Yeah. All right. The bunker. If it was gone, would you miss it? Yes, I would. Because we would get so many people complaining about the tries and the, <laughs> the moments. The fact the bunker's not there. The fact that the bunker is not there. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't with the bunker. If they move the SCG test away from the SCG in January because it rains all the time, would you miss it? If they did it before the Boxing Day test, I wouldn't mind. Ah, oh, but then uh, is everyone on holidays at that they? stage? Eh? Scheduling. 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 Why don't we just flip them? 
Why don't we get the Boxing Day test? Oh, can you imagine the Melburnians <laughs> down there, Matty? I've also got another hot take about Melburnians, but I'll get to that oh, a little okay. bit later. Okay, scrums. Would you miss scrums in rugby no, league? No, pointless, useless. Just okay. play the ball. So they're gone. Play the ball. You, they always used to say, so right, people who were supporters of scrums used to say, oh, it, it takes the forwards out of play, let the backs be more expansive. Some of the forwards are, are taking it off the scrum anyway. They're standing there at 5-8, the first receiver. So it doesn't make any sense. You've got bloody Joey Manu or Clint Gutherson standing at uh, locking the scrum. So it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Just get but rid of them. But we do get some ball. really good set pieces now. Yeah, but you can get a set piece from a play the ball. Like it does, well, I know there's less play, there's less plays in the scrum, like in terms of the defensive line, but still, just it's ridiculous. Would you miss get in the hole at golf? If, if they were told not no, to No, I wouldn't it. miss it. And I also wouldn't miss the quiet, please. The absolute silence. Well, tennis and, tennis and, golf, and golfers are so precious with that, aren't they? I get it, but it's a sporting environment. People get excited. What about, yeah, actually, we had a text from players getting interviewed at halftime. So I, I'm 50-50 on I'm this 50, one. I'm 50-50 on because it. Because I like the access, but I understand that you're not going to get much. And you're just getting cliches. Let's be, like, let's be, but that's yeah, fair enough. Got, I mean, yeah. it's not an interview. It, no, you know, and, and what and what do you expect from a bloke that just spent running for forty minutes and he's out of breath? He's not going to give you an in depth analytical answer unless he's someone like a Cooper Cronk or someone like that. So I mean, I don't mind them, but I can understand why people don't like them. Okay, so they we kind of would miss them, kind yeah, of wouldn't miss them. Exactly, no problem. Nick Kyrgios, hundred percent, I would miss him because uh, again, it'd be a bit boring. Mm. Now with Nadal and um, entering his twilight, Novak only got a few more years. Would you miss Novak when, when he's gone? Yeah. Because then we're going to get in five years' time, we're going to go back to, I don't want to say like the dark ages, but where <laughs> you got some randoms winning a major every now and then. You're like, oh, God, wasn't a good scene. You don't know what you got till it's gone, Matty. Yeah. So everyone putting the boot into Novak, just you don't know what you got till it's gone. Would you miss Sweet Caroline? Yes, I would. You just would, because would. I know how much it annoys you. Yeah. So I would, would you miss, miss the horses? Uh, yes, I would. Great songs, great anthems. <laughs> this is great. This is. I reckon there's a there's another segment in this where we could. I mean, the fact that you haven't come up with it is astounding because you're world champion at coming up with your own segments. But we could do like a a Wednesday grill. Yeah, I um, like we've that. got the takeaway right. So now we need a grill where I just grill you with these so I, questions. I like the food synonym, like the, the yeah, takeaway, well, the well, grill. Right. It's yeah. nice. Hey, um, so my take about Melburnian. So yes. it links in with, I wouldn't miss when it comes to the AFL, the smugness of people from Victoria who think, um, I'm going to say that they think they're better than everyone. They think the AFL is better than anyone. And my take is people from Victoria are like people from the United States of America. So people in America, they're also... <laughs> Typecasters, you know, dumb, a bit self-centered because they think the whole world revolves around that. Melburnians, they think they're the center of culture, sport, entertainment. So they think they're better than everyone. Yeah. So that's my hot take. So what would you miss? What, you just wouldn't miss Victoria? No, I wouldn't miss Victoria. Wow. A big shout out to all our listeners uh, in the Southern State on our SEN app as well. So you've broadened the horizons from one of our listeners who just would not miss AFL. Yep. As in the game. Yep. You just wouldn't miss the state. Full stop. That's a bit harsh. A little bit harsh. Uh, right. Let me get to some of these. Uh, yes, Jeremy, we've already mentioned that uh, he says, I bet you'd miss it if they'd stop playing Sweet Caroline at sporting events. See, this is the thing. Play Sweet Caroline all you like. Love it. Great track. 
Not at sporting events. Can we come up with It doesn't have new? to be the only song. They also play, they love Sweet Dis- Disposition by Temper Trap. Temper Trap. play it all the time. Fair enough. I mean, I haven't heard that anywhere near as much as I've heard no. Sweet Caroline. Um, 0457 736 736. Tony's had a pot shot at Tradies. I won't miss Tradies telling you they'll be there at seven, but they don't contact you, then they lob at three. If they lob at all, come on, Tradies. How hard is a phone call? Thanks from Tony. We love our tradies here. Fair enough. We love our tradies. You can understand the frustration, though. Well, yeah. But, I mean, tradies, uh, 7 o'clock's, you know, the time. Do they have to start at 7 on a weekend? Can you push it to 9? Well, let, you... pe- let people have their sleep in on a Saturday. You can. I mean, tradies get there when they can get there. Yeah, I get so it. I'm, I'm They're st- the backbone of the country. I'm sticking, up, <laughs> I'm sticking up for you. I wouldn't miss Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey on the Kays, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Blokes have nothing on Brady and Gronk. Fly the Eagles, fly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. Brock Purdy, six months. Yeah, I saw that. That's tough. Six months. They were down to their fourth string quarterback, the San Francisco 49ers. Still made it to the championship game. So, uh, Tommy, to is a one-up hit up your idea of a set play? Uh, Tommy, I'm with you. Well said. Where do we move the MCG boys? Mudgy, maybe. Uh, Matty, things I wouldn't miss, without doubt, the Parramatta Eels. As we own the West, says the Wild Panther. Well, they, they there's are something daddy. I wouldn't miss. They are their daddy. There's something I wouldn't miss. And I'm going back with Tim on this one, the Americanisms, the who's your daddy and we own you. Oh, and the all. speaking in third person? Oh, the speaking oh. in third person. Well, he did it the, the other night. Yeah. He did it in a bit of fun though. But remember when Luttrell did it before, I think, the preseason <laughs> last year? I'll tell you what else I wouldn't miss, rugby league. Um, people just trying to constantly discredit or take a peg down James Tedesco. Like, oh, is oh. Ryan Pappenhausen going to replace him in the Blues? Tommy Turbo's there. Uh, uh, Latrell Mitchell. No, uh, no. He's the Roosters, yep. Blues, yep. and Australian captain yep. for a reason. Yeah, we got that. Yep. Straight into it. You wouldn't miss. You know what a lot of people wouldn't miss? Your Roosters bias. But I would. Exactly. I would. Yeah. Because you wear it. And I don't think uh, Rooster Muzz would miss it. I don't think Pedro the Rooster would miss it. I don't think... Who are other roosters? Uh, Greenkeeping rooster would miss it. <laughs> All kind of roosters. Now, a couple more before we go to the break. Um, by the way, have you seen the new AFL ad? No, I haven't. I'll okay. get. I'll. I'll get. I'll click up. Clip up some of the audio. But where's the NRL ad? Are they going to do a? Oh, actually, hey, you know what? Hey, a- hey, NRL hey. players are probably not going to feature an NRL ad. Exactly. A little bit hard to do an ad when you can't get players to do anything at the moment. All right, we need to go to the break. But on the way, Brett, your shout out is this one. I wouldn't miss that stupid bloody trumpet in the T20s. Uh, welcome back to the program. Now, Eddie Jones, I referenced this a little bit earlier that he's had his first official press conference as the new Wallabies coach coming back after his last stint, which ended back in 2005. Now, if you've followed the career of Eddie Jones and you remember what he was like back then, it's it's same, same. He's just a little bit older, more experienced and wiser, but he knows the game that he needs to play in front of the media and he's playing it beautifully and get used to it. Now, a pl- plenty of our texters have said, well, hang on a second, we need to stop pumping up the tyres of Eddie here because he hasn't done anything yet. Correct. And that'll start to happen, obviously, once they start to play under his watch. But it's fascinating to watch him at work. And the storylines that are starting to come out are the ones that Eddie wants to generate. So when they made the announcement, and we had Rugby Australia Chair Hamish McLennan on this program, it was very, very clear cut. The reasons why they went for Eddie, the reasons why they moved on from Dave Rennie, Eddie became available and it was time for them to pounce and they pounce. They make no 
bones about that and no apologies about that. And also the fact that he's here to win this World Cup. But before that, you've got the other challenge of the Bledisloe. So where does that sit in terms of what they need to, what they want to and what they expect to achieve? Yeah, no, I think it's pretty important. It just uh, when I was joking there with Googie, it reminded me of... Because uh, we're playing in Dunedin, aren't we? Uh, when we won it, or we retained it, or I think we won it, I can't remember. Won it? We won it. 2021 in Dunedin. Uh, and Googie was part of that. And the party we had afterwards was fantastic. Uh, and the, Steve Larkham, who's one of our super rugby uh, coaches now, was brilliant on that day the way he uh, manipulated the, the space against the Kiwis. And, and that's a big target for us because we know as, as Australians, if we can take New Zealand, then we're in a good position to take the World Cup. So we'll certainly be prioritising that. But again, it won't be the be-all and end-all because the World Cup is, is a major tournament. But certainly, you know, we've got a home game against them in Melbourne uh, where we ha- hope to have a sell-out crowd, which will be a great occasion. And we know that uh, the last time the Australians played there, you know, the referee made a difficult decision at the end of the game um, and he's still recovering from it. Um, and Australia went close and it's a, game, it's, a, it's a ground, Melbourne cricket ground, where Australia traditionally play well. We can get the lead in the series then and go to Dunedin. You know, what a fam- fabulous place to win back the Bledisloe Cup. So that's the picture in the head, mate. There you go. That's the, the picture in the head, the vision. What do you, what Eddie wants you to invest in? And look, with all due respect to Dave Rennie, and I mean that hand on heart, did we get any of that? Different character, different personality, absolutely. 100% totally get that. And, I, and I'm not stacking up Dave Rennie versus Eddie Jones, but this is a different perspective from a very different cat. And it's probably exactly what was needed at the right time. Judgment? will come with results. And when you're saying that you're going to go over there and win the Bledisloe, you're expecting to be judged on those results. When you're saying that you're going to win the World Cup, you're expecting to be judged on winning the World Cup and therefore judged on failing if you don't. So they get all that. But there's no doubt that the the tide, perhaps of public opinion, will start to turn. In my opinion, it will, because you're going to get more and more of that. And... Some people might get sick of it. Some will buy into it. But it's probably better than the option of getting not a lot. Let me know your thoughts around that. 0457 736 736. Now, James says, I would not miss Big Bash cricket. However, it's more the sports media sensationalism when covering it. It's park cricketers playing a high standard of backyard cricket. (laughs) Media talk about it like it's the Super Bowl or World Cup. Understand the media need content. Uh, but also would not miss Australian sports radio host Bagging Novak. Okay, so we're one side, sports radio host Bagging Novak. Um, I don't think that's exclusively the domain of sports radio hosts, but I can hear what you're saying there. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Big Bash cricket, backyard cricket being played by park cricketers. It's an entertainment product. James, I would stand up to that. It's It's got more to do with the product um, than the sports media, in your term, sensationalism of it. But uh, thank you for that text. Maddie. can you let 2AM Tommy know that the Roosters do have a fan base down here in Melbourne, in Victoria, and he's just alienated all of them. 
Good luck coming down to Amy Park, Tommy. Cheers from Tony. Well, yeah, good. I mean, Amy Park, um, any other park, if he's got to go to Marvel Stadium, if he's got to get across the border, <laughs> he's now put them right out of whack. I uh, wouldn't mind T20 or 2020 just being played as internationals, World Cups, and no more meaningless games. Just play the 2020 comps around the world and leave the internationals for World Cups. Make the games mean something other than three random games no one gives a stuff about, says Dan. I'm tipping that that final over there at Perth will be close to a sellout. Will it not? I mean, we're looking at 60,000 people there. It's had its ups and downs, BBL, but we're now into season 12. Um, so it's been around for a while. And the the new factor of it has certainly rubbed off. There's too much of it around the world. We know that. I mean, there's leagues popping up everywhere. I've got no problem with domestic BBL at all. Um domestic 2020 cricket at all because the excitement factor that you get out of it is is rock solid. Matty, TV ads for season launches, you don't need players to do anything. It's all vision from the season before. Just pick a song and go with it. Yeah, it's not a bad point. Well, they might have to. They might have to this time around. Uh, understand that it's entertaining, but there's not much substance to it. There's a fair argument in that as well, and that's what T20 is, whether that's BBL South African BBL, whatever it's called, the IPL. Um, I mean, the 10-over format. And th- there's not much substance to the shorter formats of the game. But without the shorter formats of the game, would we have the kind of skills that we've seen here? Ramp shots, lap shots, reverse sweeps. I mean, there's all sorts of skills that have come out of T20 cricket domestically that have filtered up and down all the way throughout the game. Continue that if you want. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line. Back after this. Coming up in our next hour, Jaleesa Apps will join us now. She was at the Seagulls yesterday, and we played you a bit of that audio from Anthony Seabold and Tom Trebojevic. So we'll get Jaleesa's take on the season ahead for Manly. As we know, um, the clarification around misleading reports, according to the NRL, around the pregnancy policy for NRLW players, something that we're going to keep a very close eye on because it's a huge issue, one of many um, that are clearly on the table. And, and we're trying to, we're, we're basically trying to get the right information out of it before we dig a bit deep into it. Do you know that the preseason challenge starts in eight days now? So it's just over a week away, Feb 9. So next Thursday, the preseason challenge will start with the West Tigers against the New Zealand Warriors. How does this all work with the negotiations on the table right now? Jaleesa Rapp's covering all that for us. And my interest in the Daily Telly poll this morning, well, the one that really jumped out of me was the fact that 50% of coaches in the game reckon that the NRL's handling of talks over the salary cap at the moment is very bad, one out of five. Half of the coaches in the league don't back the NRL in this stance. More after this. Welcome back to our final hour of the program. Uh, plenty of texts still here about what you wouldn't miss in the world of sports. So we'll do that. And we've still got to give our double pass away to tomorrow night's challenger between the Brisbane Heat and Sydney Sixers at the SCG for the best call. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Pick up the phone, give me a call, and you'll be in the running to get that double pass to see whether or not the Heat or the Sixers go through to the final, which will be called... Ball by ball, right here, both of them. Uh, Jimmy Smith and Dougie Bollinger with the call tomorrow night from the SCG. And also don't forget that SEN's your home of Super Bowl 57. 
So the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs getting ready for Super Bowl 57. Live from Arizona, Jared Waitley, Ben Graham, Larry Fitzgerald Sr. from 9am Eastern Daylight Saving Time on Monday, February 13th. So Monday week, and that's taking the NFL to the Neds level. Thanks to Neds. Please gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858 is the number. Uh, a couple of texts before we get moving for this hour. Angelisa Apps will join us. Uh, the Western Sydney Eagles says bagging Novak should be made mandatory in Australia. Uh, LOL. Thank you for that. Morning, Maddie and Tommy. Uh, thanks, Tommy, for not including South Australia in the same Victorian basket. He had a fair old shot, the Radelaide Rooster, didn't he? Uh, nobody was safe when Tommy jumped on board for our takeaway Wednesday. What would he miss? He wouldn't miss much. <laughs> Actually, no, the opposite. He'd miss a lot. Uh, now I know why Eddie Jones is such a cranky bugger. According to the Tim Horan grab you're playing in the ads, Eddie works from 5am to 10pm with keeping his family happy, walking the dog and other chores around the house. That leaves very little time for sleep. Kev from Camden. You might be right, Kev. You might be right. Um, I don't know how cranky... I mean, Eddie, cranky Eddie can be pretty explosive. And we'll see it. When he's going, he goes. But smirky Eddie's... A good one. I think Webby put it early on in the piece. He's got that that raised eyebrow that goes that that one eyebrow that goes up, and it's the smirk. But he loves the theatre of it. He loves getting in, getting down and dirty with the theatre of it. Uh, by the way, we have put a request in to have a good chat with Eddie once the air clears. Um, so once that's once that's on the table, we'll let you know. Speaking of on the table, can you believe that it's forty two days? Sorry. 42 years to the day, 42 years to the day of one of the most, well, I guess controversial sporting acts that Australia has seen, and it came in the world of cricket. Now, you've got to go back to the 1st of Feb, 1981, and we all know what happened once I say the words to you, underarm bowling. So Trevor Chappell, instructed by his brother and captain Greg to bowl the final ball of the match against Australia. It was the third out of the... um, best of five series. It was at the MCG. They needed a six to win off the last ball. Brian McKechnie's facing and Greg Chappell says to Trevor Chappell, well, bowl underarm and nobody liked what was going on at the time. And we all know how it played out. This was 42 years ago, the incident itself. And then Greg Chappell speaking about it afterwards. It looks to me as if they're going to bow underarm off the last ball. Rodden Marsh is saying no, mate, but I'm sure he's going to bow an underarm delivery on the last ball and bow it along the ground and be sure that it has not been hit for six. The umpires have been told, the batsmen have been told, and this is possibly a little bit disappointing. Let's make sure it is an underarm, but I've got the feeling we have believed it. And that's a disappointing finish. Disappointed, Brian McKechnie, the crowd boom, and it's all over. Let me just tell you what I think about it. I think it was a disgraceful performance from a captain who got his sums wrong today, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. We keep reading and hearing that the players are under a lot of pressure and that they're tired and jaded and perhaps their judgment and their skill is blunted. Well, uh, perhaps they might advance that as an excuse for what happened out there today. Not with me, they don't. I think it was a very poor performance, one of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. I walked over to Don Weezer, I think was the umpire at the, the bowler's end, and I said, Don, you better instruct the batsman that Trevor's going to bowl the last ball under her. His eyes did roll back in his head. It wasn't the right thing to do. Um, 
Trevor was the innocent uh, bystander, as were the umpires and the other players in our team and the New Zealanders. I mean, it was it was my uh, my decision and uh, my mistake. The underarm incident doesn't haunt me. Uh, I mean, I've come to grips with that a long time ago. I mean, I made a mistake. I admitted that. If I meet somebody for the first time and maybe they don't know what my name is initially and they say, then they find out it's Trevor Chappell, oh, you're the underarm bowler or... Uh, I, mean, I might be talking to somebody on the phone you know, from a company or something like that and they say, what's your name? Oh, you're the, you know, the underarm bowler. And they think, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Trevor Chappell there, Greg Chappell there. Obviously the commentary by Bill Laurie, the thoughts of Richie Benno at the time. I mean, when it came to controversies, that was as big as it got. There was one earlier in the match too. And remember Richie Benno just said that was the, the worst thing that he's seen during his time. Well, Earlier on, he said he saw one of the best catches in the world of cricket that he'd ever seen. And it was when Martin Sneddon took a catch uh, off Greg Chappell and it was ruled to be not out because it was a close one out in the outfield. Now, television replays at the time, we didn't didn't go to the third umpy. Um, it was ruled to be given not out. However, then when they did finally slow it down and had a good look at it on the Channel 9 coverage, it was a catch. And Richie Benno reaffirmed his position that it was still a catch. So there was a fair bit going on in that match. 42 years ago in the 1980-81 World Series, that was on the 1st of February at the MCG back in 1981. And on this day, you just you shudder to think what, you know, like you heard Trevor Chappell there. Everybody knows me from that day forward. I mean, on this date, does he sort of go, ugh. Greg Chappell owned his mistake. Um said it was my mistake, my call and my mistake. Incredible to think that was so long ago. Jaleesa Raps will join me. We'll dig into the world of rugby league in just a second. But before that, let's just do some more texts and plenty of time for your calls as well. Morning, Matt. I'd like to see the BBL winner, um, and I expect it to be Perth, play in the IPL. Oh, okay. So taking it one further. So you win the BBL and the winning team goes over to the IPL. A few contract issues there that might get in the way of that. All righty, let's go back and talk some more footy now. Uh, SEN host and Channel 10 reporter Jaleesa Apps is on the line. Who was at the press conference yesterday at the Seagulls where Anthony Seabold and Tom Trebojevic were out in front of the media? Good morning, JA. What was your take from that? Obviously, Seabs was in defence of Tommy Turbo, and Tommy Turbo appears ready to go from round one. Yeah, well, uh, well, first of all, I was just so um, surprised at the kind of confidence that Tommy Turbo has come back in. Even with um, just talking to the media yesterday, he just seemed really sure of himself and um, really, uh, I don't know, he just had this newfound confidence. I mean, he's never been like shy with the media, but he's never been a huge talker, but he was just really relaxed. And I think that seemed to be a lot of what they worked on um, overseas. It's so funny, though, because it's so hard to nail down exactly what Bill Knowles does. <laughs> like, I'm sure he's very accomplished and I'm sure he knows what he's doing. But when you're like, OK, so but what does he do? And the words that were being used were like, oh, well, he, you know, uh, teaches you how to um, sort of command. I think command the ground was what he was saying or, right. or own the ground. But that's what he was saying. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> What does this mean? But don't you reckon? Obviously, we've all seen them. Don't, don't you reckon? Sorry, don't sorry, you reckon? The, don't you reckon that Bill Knowles says to them, "Okay, you, when you go back, don't whatever you do, don't give away my secrets. Otherwise, 
everyone here will be doing it. I mean, I'll put my hand up to be the to be the hamstring whisperer. So I reckon there's a little bit of, hey, this is confidential information. So whatever you do when you go back, kind of tell them where you're at, but don't tell them what I do. Yeah, of course. And like even in the videos that we were getting, like it was all really awesome to see those rehab videos that we were getting uh, while he was over there um, that the Seagulls were releasing. But if you looked at that, it just looked like anything else that you saw every other day when you're hanging around a footy club. So obviously they're not going to film the, the bits that are really crucial. But I guess it, it felt like a very holistic management plan. And um Seabold also spoke about, you know, they're going to be able to bring a lot of this back because the physio has been over there taking notes as well, which is awesome. Um, and crucially, he said it was never about getting him back faster. It was in preventing these injuries and kind of he, what he explained, which I which I thought explained it really well. He said when you're when you're getting injured, the body's not working all together. There's something that's wrong, and so it was correcting that so that um, you know you're not getting these future injuries. So let's hope that the turbo is never in the garage. <laughs> well, I also wonder too just how much it is of getting out of the rugby league bubble. I mean, these you know, the players do have the opportunity and they take off and they go out on overseas trips and holidays. But getting out of the bubble, we saw it with Luttrell, um, came back getting out of the NRL bubble for a while. Tommy's now done it. Ryan Pappenhausen's now done it. So I wonder how much of a little boost that is just to get away from the day-to-day, um, especially at the start of the season or in Luttrell's case, mid-season. Do you reckon there's anything in that? Oh, yeah, of course. And I mean, also, he spends a lot of time around other clubs um, and other athletes. And so I think there's just a huge benefit in just seeing how other clubs are managed and how other athletes manage their lives and how they deal with things like media and um, and things like that. So um, I, I think there's just a huge benefit to, um, yeah, going and, and just well, it's like with any job, right? When you go to and see how someone else does anything, you can bring bring it back. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, th- this issue, so the CBA issue we know is going on and the talks are, are starting to get heavy. Where is the reporting of the pregnancy policy for NRLW's uh, players at the moment? Because there appears to be a little bit out there that, that perhaps is not the truth and a little bit in there that perhaps is the truth. Can you give us any clarity around that? Well, I think it's really hard to have clarity over where the sticking points are on the whole CBA, really, because, um, I, you know, I think the NRL have said, well, no, they're happy with that, um, to, get, to conform with that pregnancy policy. Um, but, you know, there's other sticking points, so that's holding up the CBA. And it is really confusing to to kind of unmuddle everything and and that what they do need to do is just get in get into a room and and sort all the sticking mm. points out because I think this has been a confusing thing also for fans for the last few weeks. Even when I was talking, like I did a um, interview with Keely Davis, and she was talking uh, about how you know they're not they're not insured for a whole year of their contract, which is just that is really something that needs to be. Um, addressed because you've got girls at the moment that will not play in their state-based competitions for fear of risking an NRLW contract. So you've actually got girls that are going to go into state of origin or NRLW having barely played since the World Cup because they're not insured. So I I think, you know, there's a lot of different sticking points um, in the CBA and it, it is really hard to to pin down where the actual problems are because also you're having 
the RLPA come out and say, well, they're rejecting all these, these are all the things we wanted and the we're rejecting what they've put forward, then you've got the NRL who are, they haven't been as open with their communication, particularly with the media, which you could understand, but where you don't, you just don't know where the sticking points are. I think this is going to drag on for so long though, and that is the worrying thing, is that they are, they seem to be, when you talk to the players that are on the RLPA and are representing and having a look at the CBA negotiations, they seem to say they are so far apart. They're not even close. And the coaches have had their say this morning in the poll that's in the News Limited papers. And and the one that jumped out at me was half of the coaches rated the NRL's handling of the talks over the salary cap and therefore the CBA as being very bad. One out of five. On a scale of one to five, they gave them the one. Very, very bad. So the coaches are in that corner. I spoke to Jason Demetrio last week on this program and, and sort of put him in the middle there. I said, I can understand that you'd want to be, you're clearly in, in favour of what's good for your players, but you also, as a leading coach in the game or a coach in the game, you have to be almost essentially have a foot in the in the game itself's camp of the NRL. So it's a tough one. And for them to come out and say, 50% of them to come out and say that it's very bad shows that we've got a big issue on our hands. Yeah, and it is really an unusual. You would think that their alliance would sort of be more with the NRL, but you've kind of seen um, them really, the clubs really supporting the players and, you know, some um, they're not doing some media and some, um, you know, opportunities like that that promote the game. Um, so it is an interesting situation. What I think, though, that it, you need to take out of this for everyone is, is if there wasn't a fight, no one in this would be doing their job. So if a CBA got done really quickly, I actually don't think people would be doing their job properly because either you wouldn't be advocating as the RPA wouldn't be advocating as hard as they should for their players, and the NRL wouldn't be as being as conservative as they should mm. for the business as a whole. So I actually think that nutting this out is not a not necessarily. I know it looks really bad, but I actually don't think it is a bad thing. I actually think it's a sign of everyone's kind of doing their job. And when it gets to this point where it starts to get a bit messy and people are talking in media and there's contradicting statements of what, what's going to be accepted and what isn't, that is when it's probably gone a bit far. Agree with you on that. I think the public side of it, what the public are getting has been messy and cluttered, uh, cluttered um, and needs to be simple and straightforward. Now, before I let you go, our Wednesday takeaway this morning, Jaleesa, where we've been discussing what you wouldn't miss when it comes to the world of sports. So let me throw a couple at you and see if you wouldn't miss this. In NRL, would you miss it if they got rid of scrums? Uh, no, useless. <laughs> useless. Actually, you, just fix them. Would you miss the bunker? I would. I'd miss it for my news story. See, <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly what we've been saying. Would you miss t- t- uh, Nick Kyrgios if he, if he bailed out of tennis, if he retired? Yeah, yep, I'd miss any Australian. <laughs> Final one. Would you have you ever worn and there actually I think I know the question because I saw you dressed up in here last week. Would you miss oh, the bucket go. hats? Uh the bucket hats in the BBL. Would you miss the old KFC buckets? 
Mate, have you ever been to a BBL where it is absolutely teeming with rain? They are the only thing that keep me there. They Come keep on. me dry while I'm oh, sitting there miserable yeah. and it's pouring down and you're thinking, oh, maybe I'll get three overs out of watching this game. <laughs> <laughs> the bucket hat's keeping me dry. You can't get rid of the bucket hat. That's oh. outrageous. Yeah, oh, dear. All right. Good work, buddy. Nice to catch up with you. We'll speak again soon. Bye. Jaleesa Apps joining us there. I knew she'd be in favour. I, I told you. Last week came in here and Jaleesa and Jimmy were doing breakfast and it was their dress-up day and Jimmy was dressed as some sort of pirate, ACDC-loving pirate. I still, I'm still kind of getting my head around that. And J.A. was full head-to-toe um, in, the, in the Big Bash gear, in the KFC gear. Full... I mean, it was like walking. I don't know what it was. I, it was like, was it Eminem? I, I don't know. It was something really, really weird. Uh, but she wouldn't miss them. But wouldn't also wouldn't miss or would miss them, but wouldn't miss the scrums in rugby league scrums. It appears as though your time is up. However, however, on that, uh, our man Statsy has got a bit of a take on that, which I'll get to when I find it, Statsy. But you've put it into perspective about where scrums sit in the game and how they are uh, used in the game. Here it is. Sorry, gents, but being involved in coaching rugby league, scrums are essential for attacking plays. Tommy's argument about having set plays in general shows he has no knowledge of the idiosyncrasies of the game. Statsy, it's, it's a bit early in the morning to use those kind of big words. Sometimes it takes two to three tackles to get to a spot where you can attack from in general play. The fact that the forwards are out of play in a scrum is advantageous, um, especially if you're in the attacking red zone. Scrums are no longer the contest they once were, but they have to remain to give different aspects to the game. Stats here from Freshwater. What is it? 20 past We've been on air for two and a half hours. Finally, somebody makes some sense. No, back after this. Uh, something we've been discussing over the last couple of days since the Australian Open wrapped up about the numbers on the TV coverage and obviously the fall in the numbers. And I've I've given you the reasons as far as I know from my experience in this game as to why, and there's some pretty obvious ones, but uh, now Rory Jones from Sports Pro Media has actually done a bit of a, a full take on it now that all the numbers are in because we get the overnight ratings, but then it takes a while to put everything through the funnel and get it all the way down, and you're talking digital and, and the whole lot and regional um, around it. But the snapshot is that domestic viewership decreased by 40% on the nine commercial network during this edition of the Australian Open. 1.3 million viewers watched the final Novak Djokovic win over Stefano Tsitsipas compared to 1.6 the year before. Nine saw audiences peak at 4.26 million viewers for the women's final last year. That's a peak of 4.26 when Ash Barty won the title. While this year... Arena Sabalenka's win was watched by 1.43. <laughs> uh, like I said the other day, yes, viewership is going to be down in free-to-air kind of year on year, pretty much as far as you could see in the foreseeable future with streaming and all that kind of stuff. But the Barty figure, the Barty um, party was not there in 2023. So the coverage of the women's singles final and men's doubles final peaked at 1.43 million, which was down 66% from 4.26 last year, as I mentioned. So let's not forget that the same night that Ash Barty won, we had Thanasi Kokonakis and Nick Kyrgios win the doubles, men's. Despite the viewership decrease, the tournament 
to a record attendance of more than 900,000 fans. So if you're Tennis Australia, which number are you looking at? The number that you were getting through the gates, which is cold, hard cash from people who are paying, or the number that you're getting from your broadcaster, which in this case is Channel 9, a five-year, $425 million renewal on the deal that takes it out until 2029. So there's a, a line here that Nine will be hoping that Netflix's newly uh, newly launched Breakpoint docuseries will drive interest in the sport. Yeah, it might, but I tell you what, it ain't going to fix 40% because as much as Netflix's Breakpoint series might drive interest, it's not Ash Barty playing in the final on a Saturday night. One of the most likeable, lovable athletes that we've ever had in the country. And off the back of that, Akirios and Kokonakis. So I don't think if you're nine, you're sitting around hoping that Netflix has an impact. If you're nine, you're sitting around hoping the hell that Ash Barty comes back and that the special Ks make it through to the final next time around. Time for the news. Uh, Cuzzy, thank you for pointing that out. So I said it was a six to win. It was a six to tie in the underarm match. Come on, mate. The underarm, it was a six to tie. Yes, I, I knew that. So I've obviously said that it was a six to win. But you do point out that Piggy Muldoon, Robert Muldoon, the then New Zealand Prime Minister, um, quoted, Australia was appropriately dressed in yellow. And then points out, remember the T-shirts in New Zealand, Greg Chappell has an underarm problem. <laughs> I reckon copped a bit more than that. Uh, thank you for that, Cuzzy, and thanks for pointing that one out. Awesome show, says uh, Marcel. Justin uh, Novak, I'm still uncomfortable with the visa exception. Uh, well, the visa issue. And then you go on, tennis great, anti-vaxxer who benefited from millions of Australians getting vaccinated. I know not one of your listeners would have been afforded the same leniency as Novak had received, and we would all be waiting the mandatory three years. It stinks of double standards. Well, we went through that last year. Um, he's about to go through it again the back end of this year possibly at the US Open, a bizarre situation where we could have the defending Australian Open champion can't go to the US Open in the men's and the defending women's champion can't play at Wimbledon, or as in the current women's champion, current men's champion. One can't play at the US Open at the moment, one can't play at Wimbledon at the moment, one because of an anti-vax stance, the other because of the flag that is next to her name. Just a weird situation that we're in. Uh, on what our listeners wouldn't miss, I wouldn't miss the multiple different jerseys NRL teams wear during the season. I sometimes can't tell what team I'm watching. That's a fair shout. Just change the socks. How hard is it? Tony from Pendle Hill. Uh, I wouldn't miss wouldn't miss the National Tiles ad, says Filthy. Yes, you would. Yes, you would for that very reason. Filthy, you think you wouldn't, but you would. That's the master class of it. Um, Jay from Springfield, I wouldn't miss the NRL. <laughs> I've watched it for 20 plus years, but have recently started watching the AFL and find the game a lot more exciting with better contests on and off the ball. Thank you, Jay. We take all sides of the argument here. Um, all right, Tommy, 2am Tommy. Good morning, Matty. Given us those numbers um, from the viewership on nine. Um, look, They'll be breaking that down. They'll be going through reasons why. And I guess the best part of that, if I was in that meeting, I'd go, there's pretty simple reason why. Yeah. 
Ash Barty. And we went through those figures on yep. Monday's show. Pretty simple, pretty simple reason why. I mean, and plus the 900,000. And Alex was just telling me he heard a figure down there that the average spend of the person who walks through the gates at Melbourne Park is $260. Per day. Per person. So not per day, but per person. Oh, so right. okay. of the 900,000 that yeah, have gone there, there. No, it's not cheap. But the 900,000 will average out that that's a $260 spend per person. Uh, can you hear the abacus running here? Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's a big, big take-up. So what they're missing out on TV audience, they're getting back through the gate. And it will come and go. But then, so, okay, so the problem doesn't really lie then with Tennis Australia. If we're just going off the TV numbers, the problem kind of lies with Channel 9. Because then uh, what this article points out is that Tennis Australia has inked a $425 million five-year deal mm-hmm. with Channel 9, or Channel 9 has inked that deal with Tennis Australia. So, um, and I would only assume you've got more expertise in this world than I do, that Channel 9 can't, over the next couple of years, can't kind of reduce how much money they're going to give Tennis Australia based on ratings nah. and whatnot. No. So nah, that, nah. that ink is dry on that deal. Yeah, but let's not forget the year before that, where it wasn't that amount of money. They got the golden year. Yes, they got the best year. It fell in their zone. They got Ash Barty winning, and then they got Kyrgios and Kokonakis winning the doubles. 100%. 100%. I mean, you're going to get one that falls into... Who knows? Nick could win it next year. Exactly. And that could break... That could break... It could break Hewitt's record. Was it back in 05? Yeah. Could break that record. And, and I was about to reference that one. So you've got to go all the way back to 2005 to find Leighton Hewitt in the final. So you think of all of those years that we go all the way back to have no Australian in the men's final. So I'm just talking the men's side here. Mm -hmm. It's a fair old argument to say that for, for 2023 all the way back to 2006, you've been missing out on the golden years, even though you've had Roger and Rafa and Novak and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you can't pick it is what I'm saying. Mm Mm-hmm. So when, when I went across to Channel 7, the first one that I was part of the hosting team there was 2005, which was extraordinary timing. Yeah. And then obviously you would have gone downhill a bit, but that's... Well, a- downhill in terms of Roger winning the next couple, Novak yeah. winning his first, Rafa winning in 2009. I mean, it was, it was golden era stuff. Yes. But you can't pick that. No. And there's no way in the world that you do a deal based on who might be in the final and who might not be. But also let's be fair dinkum here. Especially on the women's side. Now they would have that no one could have pre- predicted that Ash Barty was going to retire. But history has shown in the last five to six years, especially with Serena Williams at the end of her career, the women's side is a luck of the draw. In every single major tournament, yep. I've crossed um, every single four of the major tournaments. Close your eyes, pick a winner. That's pick a pick a women's player. That's who's going to win that tournament. Some it people is, prefer that too. And, yeah, exactly, and it's so hard to predict. The men has been a lot more predictable. Novak, Rafa, Roger, put in Vavrinka and Andy Murray here and there. So Channel Nine and Tennis Australia knew the bed that they were getting into. So mm. yeah, it's yeah. part and parcel with the game. Exactly. Now, things I wouldn't miss a little tidbit before I get to this David Warner story. Yes. The uh, Marnus Labuschagne. The over-exaggeration of the no run. Mm. Like just, you don't have to. No run. No run. Money. I think he's trying a little bit too much to be like Steve Smith, his idol there, especially with the, especially with the bat swing, especially with the bat swings. 
Um, I, don't, I don't think he tries. I don't think this is that just that just happens. I don't know. Uh, just a little bit. I don't know. Um, okay, I want to get to this David Warner story. So he's been quoted in the Sydney Morning Herald by Tom Decent about why he fears for the future of Test cricket. So David Warner, before he left um, for India, has gone on to say, "I've got this little bit. I'm a little bit scared about what's going to happen in the next five or ten years around where cricket is actually heading." I'd love for guys coming through to play more red ball cricket and test cricket. That's the legacy you should want to leave behind. Playing in the test arena is amazing. Pardon the pun, but it's a skill and it's a true test of cricket and how good you measure up to the greats of the game. Um, He's speaking about um, Ollie Davies, about his Sydney Thunder team and whether he could break into the Australian test team. Speaking to him, he likes playing white ball cricket, so I don't see him playing red ball cricket anytime soon. If he wants to put his mind to it, he can definitely play. At the end of the day, everything comes back to financial rewards. If you aspire to get a central contract, you're going to be rewarded. I think guys see the short term at the moment with all the leagues and stuff around the world. The best way to get value for your currency is actually making a name for yourself. There's only been a small minority of people who have actually been able to do that and have a long career. So essentially what he's saying is test cricket should be your aspiration because historically and legacy-wise, that's where people are going to remember you. They're not really going to remember you in the T20 cricket, but in the test arena. But however, given the way cricket has evolved the last 10 years, if, you don't, if you're not one of those, what, 20 players that get a contract from Cricket Australia, then you've got to try and make your mark by traveling around the world playing in all these different leagues. When I was working on the run home last week, we spoke to Sydney Thunder bowler Chris Green um, and the boys asked him, are you just jet setting all around the world now? And he goes, yeah, I live out of a, essentially live out of suitcase. Yeah. Just playing in every major T20 competition so I can get paid. So it's that push and pull and that battle between I need to get paid. I need to support my family. I need to support my life. But also test cricket is kind of not the be all and end all, but it's where, it's where you stand up. It's where people remember you. So where do you see kind of that battle between Test and T20 cricket over the next few years? Yeah, I read these comments. I, I reckon it's kind of sorted itself out. I, I, I mean, there's probably more to play out, but I, I reckon it's kind of shuffled itself down to where it, where it's, where it needs to be, mm-hmm. where T20 is the cash cow worldwide and absolutely you've got to be part of that. But I doubt that there's... Um, a whole stack of cricketers around who who just go, no, I don't want to play test cricket because I want to play um, T20 and make the money. I, I reckon that there's that there's a case for both to be on the table now for the modern-day cricketer. And David Warner's a great case. Mm-hmm. He, he, and he's, and he's at example. the end of his career, right? So I think that he says, I'm a little bit scared about what's going to happen in the next five to ten years where cricket is actually heading. So when I look at that, I, I can see – that where the players will head well they're going to head where the money is mm-hmm. and you're mad if you don't so if you don't you just you're missing out big time but you will also also always have in my opinion the desire to represent your country and play test cricket there'll be some who know that they can't and now they've got an avenue to stay in the game professionally one thing i am worried about with test cricket is Matty, and we saw a little glimpse of this in the south african series in the west indies series um i think the top echelon of the test cricket nations, i.e. Australia, India, and England, I think they're now starting to streak away from the pack. And the dichotomy between the really, really good teams and the not-so-good teams is a worry. That disparity, I think, is only going to get bigger and bigger, especially with Australia, India, and and England. They play each other all the time. 
So they're not playing these lower ranked nations where the lower ranked nations can get better. So I think that that disparity is only going to get bigger between Australia, India and England and the lower ranked teams. And I think that's probably a bigger worry for me over the next three to five years. I thought when, when Big Bash started to come in and when T20 started to come in, I thought that there wasn't room for three in the game, right? I, I thought that we'd have <clears throat> this rubber band essentially effect where if you pull it out at one end of the t- at one end of it, you've got your BBL, you've got your T20, you've got your mad bash and dash. And at the other end, <clears throat> you've got the pinnacle that is test cricket. Which, and they could not be any further apart. Mm-hmm. I thought that there, what would what it would do was flick out the middle part, the one day internationals. One day, yeah, and for some reason the ODIs still hanging on; they're still going on. So somehow cricket, and it's been a bumpy ride, has managed to stretch that that rubber band out and still have room for all three parts of the game. I think when David Warner says I'm a little bit scared about what's going to happen in the next five to ten years around cricket, where cricket is actually heading. I, I can't see it. I, I can't see too many roadblocks. One of those is going to go. If one's going to go, it'll be one dayers. Yep, I agree. So does that take out the skill level and the pay packets that they can get for those that we want to be in the game at, at T20 level? No, because that'll still be there. Does that take out the, the baggy green and the red ball test match and the legacy that you can leave? No, it's how you get from one to the other. And that puts the onus back on the modern day player. It's an interesting discussion. Nice work, Tommy. We need to take a break. It's approaching a quarter to 12 for our New South Wales listeners, a quarter to 11 in Queensland. We are almost at the end of today's program. Uh, The Wednesday takeaway has been, what wouldn't you miss? What wouldn't you miss in the world of sport if something was taken away from you? Jimmy, we've covered all sorts of areas here. All sorts. Okay. So let me fire a couple at you while you you get your head around what Mm. you possibly wouldn't miss. So it's Mm. kind of a bit of a a 10 questions. Okay. Would you miss the bunker if it was gone in the NRL? Yes. <laughs> no, you would because there's these, there'd be these real, there'd be these howlers. Yeah. Right. And that's what everyone get. Bring back the bunker. That's right. Yeah. Uh, would you miss scrums? <sighs> yes. <laughs> you would miss yes, scrums. I would. Okay. I would. Probably for the reasons that a lot of our listeners have ended up outlining. Um, would you miss the inevitable talk of the Queensland state of origin spirit? That only no, exists. Horse shit. <laughs> Are we going to Queensland? Is yes. this going to Queensland? Yeah, oh, no, it's hey, absolute horse shit. Don't worry. And, and then the three days before the Origin game, <laughs> there's a flu gone through the camp. All that, all that. Wouldn't yeah. miss it. Hey, don't worry about alienating people. Tommy was here before, and he's got rid of. He's alienated Queensland and Victoria. Oh right. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's gone. Would What's you? He, well, doesn't hate the West Australians. <laughs> well, we didn't give him time. Oh, that's a given. No, Is no, that a we, given. No, right. We had to pull the microphone down. <laughs> if Nick Kyrgios retired from tennis, would you miss him? No. Nah. You wouldn't. No. Nah. Do you miss the lines people? The lines people they're in not tennis. There. They're not there. It's automatic. Out. Did I know that? You should have known that. I've watched a lot of tennis over the last two weeks. Do you miss, would you miss? Get so here's, okay, so here's yes. the thing. Okay, I'm a little bit biased. My wife, Tracy, once won on the uh, Challenger Tour, yes. um, the Lions people's favourite player, like most uh, really? honest player, right? Yeah. You know, the, the, the one they wanted to see do well. well. I don't know what the actual award was. Pat Raft, they used to win it All the a time. lot. On the ATP. He won everything, really. Yeah, he's a nice, nice world's guy. world's nicest guy, right? But he's a nice girl, clearly. But, but how do they, how do they, what does the robot say to them when they ask them the question, who's the player that out? Exactly. <laughs> so, <that's it. laughs> so how does that work? Ooh. 
I know. That's that's. Yeah, so I would miss them. You would I, miss. I, I, well, well, you if do I didn't notice them. that I didn't miss yeah, them. You do I, miss then them. I would miss them. If you weren't allowed to shout, get in the hole at golf, would you miss that? No, no. Would you miss Patrick Reed? If yeah, he was... I, mate. Every every story needs a villain, <laughs> and who's the villain here? <laughs> it's a Rory's play. No, Shark's the villain. Shark is not Shark the villain. Shark is always the villain. Shark is not the villain. <laughs> Even when he's not the villain, he's the he's villain. Not the villain. <laughs> There you go. That's uh, that was our Wednesday okay. takeaway. What okay. wouldn't you miss? Jeez, that was wow. Yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm all flustered now <laughs> going into my program. Now, what's uh, going speaking on? of, what is what is coming up on your program? Uh, I'm going to have a chat to Spencer Johnson, the left arm quick for the Brisbane Ooh, yeah. Heat. Big game tomorrow out there for the Sixers. Uh, Jared Condon from Reading the Place going to have a look at the the prices going into the Super Bowl. Adrian Prezenko is back, Chief back. Rugby League reporter for the Sydney Morning Herald. So he's had a bit of a break and. He is back on track. And then we're speaking with Greg Chalmers. We spoke to Snake um, uh, just before Christmas. Uh, great fella. Um, just really comfortable with where he is. Lives over in the United States. He's over there playing in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Ah. Uh, Kerry so Packer and Brett Ogle won that one year, did they Was not? it Brett Ogle? It was, was it B. Ogle? Ogle, wasn't it not? Um, mm, I'm thinking. I, I thought it was Kerry Packer and the Shark. I'm going to go Pro-Am. I'm going to go Bogle. You'll go Bogle. I'll go the Shark. What are we putting on it? Uh, Tommy's lunch? Tommy Trebojevic or Tommy <laughs> Costigan? Well, oh, we know Tommy's that, hamstrings. I'll we, talk about them. We know that Tommy's Turbo's lunch is going to be much much more healthier than, <laughs> than t- 2 a.m. Tommy's. Have a good show, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, we are almost at the checkered flag. In fact, we are because Jimmy Smith is about to take over. So we've had a great show. The Wednesday takeaway has been... Huge, and thank you for all of your input around what you wouldn't miss in the world of sport. Now, coming up on Jimmy's show, his talk topic will be great returns from injuries in the world of sport. And there's two that are absolute standouts that Jimmy will let you know. One from the world of golf, see if you can think about that, and the other from the world of AFL, Australian uh, Rules Football. So, golfer who's done the great return from injury, possibly not the name that just came to your mind. You might need to go a little bit further back because it's one heck of a story. Uh, 0457 736 736 is that number. So make sure you're part of that discussion. I'll be tuned in. Have a good old listen to Jimmy with some great guests as well. And we'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock to do it all again. Thanks for your company, folks. Hope you have a great day. Make sure you stay tuned right here on SEN around the country. We'll do it again tomorrow.